Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. One quick note before we get started. I originally recorded this episode when I was a little bit under the weather, so please excuse my voice on this. Otherwise, can't wait for you to listen. Today, we're going to talk about collaboration between product and marketing teams and how, when done well, this can drive business growth and an improvement in the customer experience overall. Some of what we'll be discussing will be directly from Chameleon's 2023 Experimentation and Growth Survey and Report, and we'll make sure to put a link to that access that report in the show notes. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Colin Kroll, VP of Growth at Chameleon, and James McCormick. Why don't we start with each of you giving a little background on yourselves and what you're currently doing? Thanks, Greg. Uh, great to be with you today. Thanks for having me. I'm leading Chameleon here in North America. Uh, Chameleon is a web experimentation and feature experimentation platform. Because we're unified, you know, delivering web and feature in the same platform, we work with a lot of different marketing and product and engineering teams. And uh, I'm responsible for making sure that um, all of those teams get all the value they want from experimentation. Yeah, and I'm James McCormick. I'm actually industry analyst with a few decades of uh, leading research, uh, which I had the privilege at, at Forrester for doing led what we call their digital intelligence research for about uh, 10 years. And before that and after that, I actually spent a lot of time actually implementing a lot of these types of technologies that we're talking about today, experimentation technologies. And it's given me a kind of a top-down approach and a bottom-up approach, right? Top-down in terms of what are the market trends, how are the buyers kind of buying the, these things, and also... How do we implement? How do we, you know, be more successful to it? So I um, just started uh, my own uh, little agency, McCormick High, and it's a privilege and uh, pleasure to be speaking uh, with Colin and, and yourself, uh, Greg, today. Thank you. Great, great. Well, yeah, glad, glad to have you both here. Uh, so we're going to be talking about some of the key findings in Chameleon's experimentation and growth survey. But first, to kind of get a high-level view of this, well, what's the origin of the research? And maybe could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I can maybe dive in and, and take this. One of the great things I get to do with my role is just see how companies are working on growth and how are they achieving their business goals. And it's been really interesting over the years to see the rise of what we call product-led growth, um, or sometimes referred to as like PLG. And, you know, when you look at product-led growth, which is essentially the product doing the hard work of you know getting customers, retaining customers, growing customers, versus the traditional method of, say, 
marketing-led growth where you'd have to go out and do a lot of research and then build your 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 product according to like how you think your target customer will behave and want. We are seeing that those two worlds are really at a, an inflection point where they have to either choose um, or they feel like they have to choose one uh, growth strategy or another. And so we basically built this research to help us understand how are companies using product-led growth and marketing-led growth and are they cooperating or collaborating in any way? So for example, are the marketing teams meeting, working with their colleagues down the hall in product? How are they uh, feeling like they are engaged in engineering topics and, and vice versa? Do the product teams and the engineering teams feel like they're able to have some say in the type of customers that the company wants to acquire? And um, we did this research to really understand those topics and come away with some insights about, you know, what is it that separates the leaders from the laggards when, when it comes to PLG and MLG? Yeah, and it was also, I'd say that it was very timeous or timeously, um, an old uh, fashion term, <laughs> that uh, when it comes to experimentation as well, you know, only, let's say, five, 10 years ago, experimentation was a tactical kind of task that we did on the website, for instance. And now it, you know, very quickly it, uh, with a whole kind of digital transformation, the way that businesses are being done nowadays, it's become a key part of a business strategy, particularly around this kind of growth strategy. So the, you know, product-led growth, PLG, MLG, market-led growth and experimentation are now coming together. And, you know, I was super excited to be working with yourself, Colin, on, on leading this research. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. So let's, Let's let's dive in here, and and we're we're going to talk about a few things in the in the research. But let, let's start with that concept of the product led and, and marketing led growth approach, and how organizations that did this outperform those that don't. So first, you talked a little bit about this um, when you were when you were just describing the research. But can you define a little bit more what we mean by product led growth, as well as marketing led growth, and you know what exactly is the difference between the two? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take a, a stab at this one. So, yeah, product-led growth. Actually, when you kind of think about the kind of evolution of product teams and marketing teams, you kind of get a, a, a better idea, really, because the simple answer or the simple response to that, they shouldn't be two separate growth strategies. They should just be a growth strategy. But because, you know, we've evolved as marketing organizations before, Digital, you know, because digital marketing evolved before digital product, you had these kind of traditional, let's say, you know, four Ps, three Ps, or full funnel marketing that we talked about, where um, marketing essentially led growth through uh, adoption and retention of customers, right? And the you know, best companies in, that did MLG had full lifecycle engagement with marketing, and I think we all know and love that. But you know, with the whole transformation of businesses, particularly around, you know, the digital front end product and creating digital products such as, you know, let's say the Airbnbs, the Deliveroo's, then the you know, B2B such as Calendly or Miro. You know, these are all digitized products in which you can actually engage the customer and, and, and retain them and, and grow your, your product through these product-led growth kind of strategies. And so product teams have started to drive PLG uh, or product-led growth uh, approaches and so 
essentially, you know, product-led growth strategies focus on the adoption of uh, and growth of product uh, consumption of the product, uh, whereas marketing-led growth or the traditional kind of marketing teams that focus on, on growing business growth through marketing. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's it the just more products are becoming digitized and uh, more consumers understand and, and want a digital experience and digital experiences are are often product-led and the other thing that i think that's driving the the rise of product-led growth is that it's just getting more and more expensive and harder to do classic marketing um, you know there's a lot of regulations behind like third-party data or cookies you know the loss of cookies is you know been scary it's just the cost of acquisition just keeps getting higher and higher. And I think companies are starting to realize, hold on here, we've already got a large audience. Why don't we just spend some more time monetizing and converting that audience to achieve uh, you know, the goals we want versus just spending so much more money to get users again and again? Yeah, and you know, uh, Greg, just one of the things that uh, Colin and I looked at in this research was, you know, how these kind of things are coming together. And in the research, we've, you know, we identified what we, we termed high growth companies, right? And we kind of looked at what they were doing. And they were, they were about one in five of the, of the respondents in that survey were these high growth companies. And of those high growth companies, 90% of them are just about actually brought together, had joined up. PLG and MLG strategies or approaches, so a single growth strategy, right? That dropped to, if they weren't a leader, uh, in other words, the other four-fifths of the respondents, 40% of them or less had you know, two separate kind of strategies. So you could definitely see that um, you know, th these kind of strategies have evolved very quickly to where leaders are already showing that a joint-up strategy is the way to go. So yeah, that was one of the kind of blow-away kind of uh, insights from the survey. Yeah. So, and that's really interesting. And, you know, what's, so what's keeping those laggards from unifying and, you know, what's, what's getting in the way? It, it certainly, it, it doesn't sound like it's necessarily easy to align those, although it's certainly beneficial. So, you know, what are some of the challenges that are getting in the way of, of those laggard organizations doing this well? Well, actually, I mean, it's, it feels easy to solve, but it's not right. I mean, the simple fact is there's a lack of vision of bringing these two these things uh, together right so you know what we found was there about uh three uh, quarters of companies with which had low or no growth in, in the year ahead you know didn't actually have an established product-led growth strategy right and um whereas uh two-thirds of high growth uh, companies do right and so just not actually having a, a product-led growth strategy to kind of combine with your market your, your, your growth into your growth strategy just didn't exist so that was one of them just lack of leadership and strategy you know the, the team structures aren't don't support this kind of collaboration between marketing and and product teams and you know they just lack of tech uh, technology to support that collaboration right so those are the three areas have so leadership team structure and just tech to support both of those things around these these areas. I don't know, Colin, did you have anything to, to add to that? Yeah, I think that you said it earlier really well. It's that, you know, leading companies, they, they have a growth strategy. They don't have a marketing-led growth strategy or a product-led growth strategy. So just keep that in mind as you, you know, put your vision together of what you want your company to be and, and how you expect it to grow. But, you know, the reality is that not all of us get a, the luxury of like deciding how we intend to grow. 
you're already, you know, sort of building the ship as you sail it. So I think you just have to be, you know, honest with yourself that you've got marketing teams. They grew up in the world that they're responsible for acquiring customers. And they're very used to the idea, which leaders are not, that you would just simply acquire a customer and then hand them off to a product and you would never see them ever again. And that's just not the case uh, when we see leading companies. They, when that customer that's been acquired, or so that user that's say acquired is handed off to product, the product team is able to easily track the the adoption of the product, uh, how long the, the the user or the customer stays retained with the product, and then they feed that intel back into the marketing teams. And I think. That takes time and practice, and that's just not, like you said, James, the way most companies are set up, either because of the vision or just the legacy that they're in, or because and or because of the tech stack that they've they built for themselves. So I think those are the biggest challenges: is like how do you get out of that that legacy mindset? Yeah, and so what's the what's the role of experimentation in this this approach? Well, I think the common denominator for both a marketing-led growth strategy as well as a product-led growth strategy is that you're data-driven. You're using data to inform you about where you want to place your bets or invest your resources. And there's just simply no better way to be data-driven than to adopt professional and rigorous experimentation. That's what you see when you look at these leading companies they not only combine marketing-led growth and product-led growth strategies, but they're also very uh, savvy when it comes to using experimentation to inform them about how to grow their business or what decisions to make. You know, you see the the professionalism of experimentation in those leaders, but it's not as if, say, you know, marketing exclusively marketing-led companies are not doing experimentation. They are. What's happening, however, is that they're just optimizing or doing experimentation where they sit in their silo, right? So marketers are just simply optimizing for uh, acquiring more customers, but they're not necessarily optimized. You know, of course, they're not optimizing, you know, to get the, the customer to use the product more. Yeah. And another kind of area where experimentation really helps these folks get together, right, is, you know, take, for instance, I, I, I like this example where you have in-app advertising, right? You've got the, the app dev guys, the product guys, like focusing on product consumption. And then you've got the marketing guys focusing on advertising, right? And the two, in, in some cases anyway, kind of contradict each other, right? More advertising yet maybe discourages consumption and, and vice versa. So having experimentation, being able to test the uh, to a pr precise and accurate way um, the impact of the balance of product and product feature versus like for instance in app is like critical uh, to these uh, a lot of these kind of new uh, digital disruptors that are out there at the moment and that really the experimentation really brings that marketing and product teams together around those kind of things before we continue i'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show partner hero Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp-up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up. 
And their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com slash agile, that's partnerhero.com slash A-G-I-L-E, to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Now let's get back to the show. So let's um let's let's dive a little deeper here in in experimentation. I think that, that was a great intro to this and you know to talk a little bit more about its role in in growth and returns certainly things that you you touched on already so you know just a couple of figures from the research organizations with high investment in web experimentation are 350 percent more likely to grow significantly and those that invest in feature experimentation are 270 percent more likely to grow significantly so you know pretty pretty compelling uh any anything over a hundred percent is uh you know pre- pre- pretty good so for the audience, can you distinguish between web experimentation and feature experimentation and maybe give some background on why these are often done in silos or, or separately? Yeah, I, I could I could take that one. You know, again, I think it's nice to in smart to like call out what is web experimentation. So often this is sometimes referred to as like client side A B testing. And when we say client side, essentially what you're doing is you're manipulating the browser to essentially show an experience that you believe that's going to d- deliver the the value that the target customer is expecting. So for example, a good, you know, classic AB test that, you know, the industry hates to talk about but it's really easy for, you know, non-experts to, you know, wrap their head around is that okay, it, someone in the organization believes that if the, you know, the CTA was above the fold, you know, higher up on the page, then it would result in a higher click-through rate. Someone thinks that, no, uh, it should be close to a particular image, right? So we're basically just using web experimentation to test whether or not uh, the placement of a CTA in one location has a higher conversion rate than another. And you can do that without having to like code in your backend language. You can just simply use what's called a, a visual editor or sometimes a WYSIWYG editor to like make that simple change. You you know, somebody that's non-technical, you know, a marketer who's responsible for the website or an e-commerce manager can literally just use their mouse and drag that CTA to wherever or copy and paste that CTA to wherever, wherever they, they think is most optimized on that page without having to pull in backend developers. So being able to like optimize on the front end or client side or on the browser with web experimentation is something that marketers have been doing for probably a decade now. And it's delivered, like you see here, really impressive results. To take it one step further, you can go to the back end. And that's where, you know, again, product managers tend to operate in the back end engineers certainly like full stack developers are operating and the back end using your back end languages and they tend to think about okay well what happens for example if i were to change the search algorithm so that i were to show people that had seen this category last this particular uh, product set you know that's not something that you can do with a graphic editor or with like a browser uh, language uh, it's something that you have to code using your backend language. And that's where feature experimentation, um, sometimes called server-side testing, that is handy and helpful. And again, the research was really clear. You know, 
companies that do both web experimentation and feature experimentation basically power on the, the experimentation engine and they see just you know a, a higher chance of growth than anyone else so what does what does combining them look like i mean either you know from an internal perspective maybe you know there's teams that have that have been doing this separately or you know what's 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 needed to enable this and then you know ultimately what does that mean for for the end result well one of the ways we we kind of sought to at least find out about that in, in the research is kind of again looking at those one in five those high growth companies that we uh, from the survey and what we found was that these high growth companies were twice as as a free, twice as likely as those uh, that the non high high growth companies to actually um, use uh, uh, experimentation to collaborate on on metrics and and so experimentation you know from that you can deduct that experimentation really helps teams to collaborate on on metrics right it also it helps t you know combining um, these different types of experimentation helps for instance, uh, tech resources to be uh, aligned with the, the business needs. For instance, I just talked about in-app experiment or experience testing, right? Where, you know, you focus the, the developers or the app de developers on those experiences that drive better product consumption or marketing um, engagement, right? Um, we talked about balancing off our competing needs as well between, you know, the in-app, uh, you know, the advertisers and the uh, pr product consumption. So this is kind of what combining these web and, and feature experimentation into like full stack capabilities really allows, right? And this is how it allows these teams to to collaborate better. Yeah, I'll, you know, just to, you know, kind of piggyback on that and you know, go back to that, you know, the world that I was describing is that, you know, even in our company at Chameleon, we struggle with, you know, the, the marketing teams bringing, you know, great leads and, you know, marketing qualified leads, MQLs, and those MQLs converting into customers that the product team is responsible for managing. But the feedback loop between the product team telling the marketing team that, hey, you know, the users that came to start to start to use Chameleon that had already had you know years worth of experience in ab testing are you know five times more likely to you know renew their contracts uh every few years that's a fantastic insight and then you know the marketing team goes after those type of leads again so i think you know to answer your question greg you know what does combining it look like it looks like you're having some sort of feedback loop uh, or even a flywheel between the marketing and product teams. Um, so that way, each side knows what best to do in order to power growth in their side of their engine. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And, you know, I, th I think it also speaks to something where, you know, the a culture of experimentation, you know, you mentioned it increases collaboration across the org, which collaboration just in general is a good thing and, and often creates more innovation in, in general. So, you know, in addition to the, the product and, and feature kind of um, flywheel, it's, there's also a, an employee experience and a customer experience kind of win-win, if you will. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, certainly, that's the case. And I, uh, one of the things that I, you know, I always love this research because you're always finding some interesting you know, nuggets inside of it. And you know, one of the things that we have to appreciate is that the the whole tech space has changed. Um, and it was very interesting to see that not only do these leaders collaborate with you know marketing and product led growth, but they also use advances in technology to make that easier. So in the olden days, you know, which is only, but in terms of tech, like, you know, a couple of years ago, right. you would have to have, you know, one single experimentation solution for like we talked about web experimentation, that's client side testing. That's what the marketers would use. And then the, the product teams or the engineering teams would have their own experimentation solution if they had one at all. And so it used to be really difficult to collaborate just simply because the tech didn't make it easy for you. And now, you know, that was an interesting finding in the chameleon research was that, hold on here. If you look at it, it's very clear. Leading companies rely on a single experimentation platform to let them to service both of those teams. And I think it's just kind of, you know, makes sense in hindsight that if you're able to have one spot to for both of those worlds to work together on, then it's just simply going to make collaboration easier. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So Colin and James, thank you so much for joining the show. Um, lots of great stuff in the research and I wish we could talk a little bit longer, but you know, certainly I, uh, we'll, we'll put a link to the, the research in the show notes as well. So everyone can, can read more and, and learn a, a bit more, but one last question before we wrap things up here, both of you have given a lot of great advice, a lot of great insights, um, both based on the research as well as your own experience. What's a next best action each of you might recommend for those listening that want to increase their experimentation maturity today? Uh, that's a huge question to ask. And uh, <laughs> to get, at least if I can uh, put it down to 20 seconds. So I think <laughs> really the, 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 the simple answer depends, right? Depends where you are on your experimentation journey. You know, there's a lot of your folks out there who haven't even started. So I would say, just do it. You know, what you find is experimentation is a low cost, low risk activity that delivers high impact very easily. So just do it. If you've moved beyond that that that, uh, that start line, you know, uh, you've kind of done a bit of CRO, conversion rate optimization, or you've applied testing in an in-app, you know, bring in your parts of the organization that haven't and start to collaborate, right, uh, around experimentation, share your experiences. And then if, you, if you've done that already, the next is, and we kind of talked about it, you need to consolidate, consolidate on a single strategy and on a single, uh, I would say, a full stack approach, a one platform, you know, to drive all the experimentation. So, you know, tough to put into uh, probably more than 15 seconds, but that that's my, my spin. Yeah, I, I really think uh, you, you said it right. It you know it depends on where you are on your journey, and you know uh, I I think even if you think you've been doing it perfectly for years, you now need to sort of uh, increase your what we call your test velocity in order to like get the impact back. So really, it's don't let perfection to also get in your way. You know, I meet a lot of different companies that feel like you know they need to build them biggest center of uh, excellence before they can launch any experiments. And I would say, you know, immediately like to James's point that the worst thing you can do is try to craft perfect versus just get started. Because again, the, the research is clear. Experimentation just delivers incredible insights that power your business and, and help both of those uh, teams, marketing and product with all of their growth objectives. 
Yeah, and thanks for having me on the podcast, Greg. Growth has been pretty tough for a lot of businesses out there, particularly over the last you know, a while. And I think the role of experimentation and alleviating, alleviating some of these pressures, you know, should be on our minds. So yeah, awesome topic. Thank you. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. So it's uh, an exciting time to be in the space. A lot is happening inside of uh, technology around like experimentation, but also, and this is something I always encourage everybody who's, you know, listening is it used to be that you'd have a third solution just to simply help you with feature flagging. And again, uh, that's what feature flagging helps engineers. And again, what's so interesting today is that this is now being unified. So you can have feature flagging, web experimentation, feature experimentation in, in one single place. And uh, if you can do that, again, you're probably going to be set up to, to have the gains to achieve the, the, the growth that you want. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Colin Kroll, VP of Growth at Chameleon, and James McCormick for joining the show. You can learn more about Colin and James and Chameleon, as well as get a link to the research by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website, or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.